This morning, I want to talk about heaven. I want to talk about the question, is it hard to enter heaven? I want you to think for a second. Someone comes up to you and says, hey, is it hard to enter heaven? What would be your response? Just thinking inside of yourself. Well, initially you might say no, because we know that Jesus paid for our sin. And that's absolutely true. And if you've been reading the Word, you also know there is nothing you can do to earn salvation. Thank goodness for that. You, there's nothing that you can do to earn salvation. It is a free gift. But is it hard to enter heaven? Well, here's the interesting thing. In the Scripture we're going to look at today, Jesus says, yes, it is. Well, why? Why would it be hard? You don't have to earn it. It's a free gift. Why would it be hard? Well, there's a battle inside of us, and I want to talk about that this morning. I want to talk about the battle that we can sometimes have with treasures here on earth. What I just read for you in 1 Kings, uh, maybe you'll notice that I read in there that as the nation of Israel began to be blessed, what happened was their hearts began to be turned cold. And that's something that can happen to every one of us. But here's the good news. When you know it, you can protect yourself. Whether you realize it or not, you and I are unbelievably blessed where we live out here. Some of us have been to other nations where um, we have helped build homes because most homes where we were at did not have a floor. It just had dirt in it. And for them to have shelter over their head and food, they were so grateful and they praised the Lord. But what we find is that many times when we begin to experience some of the blessings and things on this earth we desire, sometimes it can actually turn our hearts cold towards the one who gave it. How do we guard ourselves against that so that we don't miss out on the things that God wants to bless us with? That's what I want to talk about today. Let's look at the scripture that's found in the book of Mark this morning. It's going to be in the Gospel of Mark. It's going to be in the 10th chapter, beginning in verse 17. And This will be a familiar scripture for some of you. Uh, it's entitled, The Rich Man in the New Living Translation, which is what I'll be reading out of. Beginning in verse 17, it says this, As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him and knelt down. So notice, um, the, the motivation behind this person. He comes running up to Jesus, okay? He's not shy about it. He's running and he kneels down. He's recognizing who Jesus is and he says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So I want you, before we go further, I want you to hear this. He's serious about this. I mean, to come running up and to kneel down, he wants this. There's a side of him that wants it. If you are here this morning, most likely there's a side of you that wants to be with the Lord. You want to inherit eternal life. There's a whole lot of other things that you could be doing on a nice day like today besides sitting in here. So there's a part of you that wants it. But as we're also going to find as we keep reading on, sometimes not all of us wants it. So he goes on and it says, Jesus responds to him and says, Why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But, to answer your question, 
You know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And then in verse 21 it says, Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And he said, There is still one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Now, first of all, I want you to hear what the invitation is. The invitation is, come, follow me. That's the invitation. You see, at first, he lists through all these things that we consider um, to be good things. That if you do them, you are a good person. I want you to hear this this morning. It's not bad, okay, to want to be a good person, but wanting to be a good person is not what it's about. That was not the invitation. The invitation was, come, follow me. And I want you to notice that the rich man here is struggling. Why? Because he was all about being a good person, but when he realizes that that's not the invitation, that's where he begins to struggle. And if you're a person that's focused on being just a good person, um, you know, as I think back to my life, as some of you know, I, I grew up Mormon and they were all about being good people. But what I found was I struggled with that even though I wanted to be a good person. And I found that the only way that I could actually do anything that was really good was to simply focus on Jesus and follow Him, and He was able to work through me. But this man, he becomes sad, it says. Why? For he had many possessions. Then in verse 23, Jesus looked around and said to His disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. I want you to hear that. This is the words of Jesus. It is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. I want you to hear that because today the message that is preached is that it's easy. And again, in the sense that you don't have to earn it. It's a free gift from the Lord. In that sense, it is. But why is it still hard? Why is it hard? Why would Jesus say it's hard to enter the kingdom of heaven? In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Then the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it's impossible but with God, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Why is it so hard? Well, first of all, it's not actually about riches. There's nothing wrong with having money. 
God, at times, blessed people with money. Going back to King Solomon that you're going to read about in 1 Kings. Uh, King Solomon came to the Lord and said, and the Lord said, I'll, I'll give you whatever you want. And King Solomon says, Lord, I just want to rule your people in, in the right way. And so I, I need wisdom. That's what he asked for. And then the scripture records that God just gave him riches because he was seeking after him. So having money is not wrong. That's, that's not what this is about. But here's what you need to know. Having money can be a danger. Why? Because it's all about what we treasure. And here's the thing. We can treasure a lot of things besides money. So I want to ask you this morning, what is it that you treasure? Is it money? Or is it a position? Is it a relationship? Or is it an image? I find that a lot of times the things that we treasure come back to an image that we want to project to others. And sometimes money can be an avenue towards that, but it's not always the case. Here is what God is asking, and here's what Jesus was asking. Jesus didn't need his money. He said to him, sell it, give it to the poor. Now, is that going to take care of all the poor's problems? Absolutely not. There's still going to be poor people. Why was he asking that then? Because he's asking for a trade-in. And here's the thing, God doesn't need the trade-in. It's not about you earning it. But here's what God's after. God is after our heart. And Scripture makes it clear that I can't have two masters. I'm going to love the one and hate the other. I can only have one. And so here's the question for you this morning. Is getting into heaven hard? No, Jesus has paid the price for you. But here's what you need to know. You're not getting into heaven taken behind some treasure that you're holding here on earth. God is saying, in order for you to receive this free gift, because He's not going to take what you actually give. He's going to say, go give it somewhere else. I don't need it. He doesn't need it. But He's saying, in order for you to receive this free gift, give it away. Whatever the treasure is that you're holding on to, you cannot have both. But this man walked away sad. And this is so ridiculous because it says he walked away sad because he had a lot of possessions. But as we read on, we're going to read about the things that he is missing out by holding on to this temporary stuff that is going to fade away and he can't hold on to it. And the result is going to be he's going to give up eternal life and heaven. And I don't want any one of us to do that. Because although compared to the other nations of the world, you may be rich, what you have is nothing compared to what God wants to give you. What does God want to give you? Well, it goes on. And uh, Peter pops up another question. Verse 28, Peter says, We've given up everything to follow you, he said. Jesus responds, Yes. And I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake, for the good news, will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property along with persecution. 
And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Did you really hear what Casey was saying when she talked about leaving her home area, going out into another area, and discovering how hard it was because of how alone she was? Let me tell you this. If you really go after the Lord, if you give up everything else, people are going to look at you like you're weird. It is not going to make sense to them. Now, if you tell them, oh, I want to be a good person and I believe in Jesus, well, that's going to be okay. But if you tell them, listen, God's called me to give it up and you don't go after uh, the position, you don't go after the money, you don't go after the relationship and, and whatever it else, you, you just, you don't. You go after the Lord and you follow the path that He leads you down, they are not going to understand that. You are not going to be rewarded for that. It talks about persecution. Why? Because, number one, they're not going to understand it. And also, it's going to be convicting. It's going to be convicting. Why did the religious leaders hate Jesus so much? Because He was convicting. His life was convicting. But here's the thing, child. <laughs> Because I'm a child. We're child, children of God. The thing is, is that what God wants to give you is so far beyond those things. What this man gave up by walking away from Jesus and going back to his possessions was, well, re read about the life of the disciples. He gave up seeing the power of God. He gave up being a person that was used to bring healing to people, to bring the good news to people, to see people set free from demonic oppression and whatever else was oppressing them. He gave up all that. And then in the end, to receive eternal life. And my life group's been reading through Revelation and we just finished up the end. And... <laughs> It's unbelievable when you look at what is waiting for us. We're not going to float around on clouds. Some of us have that idea that that's what heaven is. You float around on a cloud and you sing constantly. And we're like, oh, I don't want that. You know, there's all these country songs about, you know, living on the outskirts of heaven. And, you know, like they really don't want it. Well, you know what? That's not what heaven is. Heaven is this without the curse, okay, and in the presence of God. You're going to have things to do. God's going to give you responsibility. You're going to have desires, and they're going to be fulfilled, and no one's going to get in the way of them. You're going to have everything you ever desired and need, and it's going to be for eternity, and nobody's going to take that away. Is there anything that you have on earth that is worth trading that for? Not me. No way. That is what God wants to give you. There, there's been an idea that's been taught that somehow you can just get fire insurance from God. You know, that, that's what the rich man was after. He, he, wanted, he wanted to maintain control of his life. Jesus said, follow me. And he's like, whoa, I'm all about being a good person, but I want control of my life. I make the decisions. Just give me some fire insurance. I want to know at the end I'm going to be with you. Listen to me. I don't want to be a jerk, but that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. God is saying, you follow me now. And part of the inheritance that you will receive is eternal life. 
But he's saying, follow me now. So what's that mean? Well, for, for us here, it means different things. Because we all have different things that we treasure. Things that you know in your heart that you're holding on to. Here's what I've found. I've found that if you will give it up and follow Jesus, just as the scripture said, I've found in my life, he gives it back. Do I go through trials? Yes. Is there persecution? Mildly right now here for us, but around the world, it's, it's going on. But God gives it back. I have no regrets. There is nothing that I've given up that I've said, oh God, I wish I, I had that. Now, sometimes I wrestle because people look at me and they look at me like I'm a failure like because I, I haven't chased after anything in this world. But what I've received, I wouldn't give it up. So what are you holding on to? Don't hold on to it. Don't be this guy. Don't be the guy that turns away from Jesus. Receive the invitation. The invitation is God wants to use you. It's not just for me. It's not just for Casey, okay? God wants to use all of us. He has ministry for all of us. It may not be the way you make your living, but God wants to use you. Will you accept the invitation? Because it's all about Him. He fills His Spirit in you. It's not about you trying to be good. It's just about you saying, okay, God, I'm yours. You take over. God, thank you for the way that you fill a vessel that says yes to you. And Lord, we just acknowledge today that we wrestle, that we wrestle. But Lord, you're always there um, to pick us up and you're always there to work through us when we say yes to you. So help us, Lord, to say yes and to keep saying yes every day of our life because what you have prepared for us is so far beyond anything that we could understand. We bless and praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.